0: Welcome to another quadcast, everybody today um, I want to talk around unaccountable leadership okay the title of this talk is five signs that you're on your way to becoming an unaccountable leader and a pain to work for okay that's a strong title but this is a really relevant topic at the moment I googled what it means to be an unaccountable leader and top of the page there was this definition and it says people especially those in leadership positions are described as unaccountable when they behave as though they don't need to explain themselves to answer to anyone else or to take responsibility for their actions. I'm going to say that again people especially those in leadership positions are described as unaccountable when they behave as though they don't need to explain themselves, answer to anyone else or take responsibility for their actions. Now, it's bad enough when colleagues, people that you and I work with, feel to be held accountable or to hold themselves accountable. You know the type. They mostly walk around the organization and they blame someone else or something else for their feelings and they really do it minimum. They never really own their role but, When a leader or a principal leader in the organization shifts into a kind of unaccountable mode, then things become just really dangerous and and can be toxic, and here's why. Authority without accountability leads to abuse. And let me say this, always, always. Authority without accountability leads to abuse. We've all seen a river without a bank and a flood comes along, and it's just a mess. And so accountability for me is is the, is the banks of the river that steers a gift, that steers a journey, that steers a destiny. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been around a leader who's acting like they're unaccountable? Well, of course you have. And you know that it's toxic to say the least. And very often, the leader doesn't really know that that's how they're getting on. And so chances are that if you're listening to me, you're a leader or you're leading in some way. And I wanna say this, that the journey to becoming an unaccountable leader is very long, it's very slow, it's very subtle, okay? And it's, it kinda of creeps up on you. And more often than not, by the time it comes to light, Uh, It's very difficult to step back from causing emotional, relational and ultimately missional damage to the organisation that you are leading in. So what I wanted to do was to maybe have a conversation today about any warning signs that, you know, that that we might have that could be huge clues, you know, kind of those aha moments that let us know that we may be coming up close or we might even have arrived at the stage or the definition of becoming an uh, unaccountable leader. Now, I've picked five, I'm sure there are more. Um, I'll say this, you don't need all five to qualify as an unaccountable leader. Truthfully, even having just one of these should cause some degree of vocational alarm to ring within your heart and send you running for help. Okay, so let me give you these five signs. Here they are. Five signs you're on your way to becoming an unaccountable leader and a pain to work for. Okay, so no particular order. Number one, there is what I'm going to call the success illusion. And so instead of success causing you the leader to share the love, success is causing you to love your own laurels. After all, without you, the organisation wouldn't be where it is today. Surely it was down to you, your skills, your know-how, your dream, your vision and your drive. It was you and you did it all. Now there's no way you'd ever admit to feeling like this out loud. But I guarantee you that if you've come through a season of success, you've thought it, you've felt it. And you've you know you've you've really grabbed hold of it when a hireling comes at you with a morsel of criticism. Well, do they not know all that I've done for this organization? Do they not know who I am? And here they are bringing me some degree of criticism. Have you ever had that thought? I want to encourage you. It's total rubbish. You may have been the central catalyst for the high that your organization is enjoying right now, or have enjoyed. But I want to remind you, there's no way that you got there by yourself. So number one is the, the success illusion. Number two, the master mood manipulator. That's what you've become. You are, if you are the principal leader, the emotional thermostat in your organization. That's just the truth. And your organization knows it and you know it. It doesn't matter whether you're a ray of sunshine or a threatening cloudburst the next. The truth is, if you're becoming an unaccountable leader in your organization, everyone around you holds their breath when you walk into the room wondering what mood-based weather event is about to unfold before them. At first you didn't notice, but then you started to notice that staff And particularly staff seated at their desks would stop talking or they would hunch up their shoulders as you drew near or walked up behind them then it dawned on you my mood or my presence changes things and somewhere in the you know the less accessible parts of your nature you know where the selfish parts of all of us live you kind of liked the power your very presence casts mood altering spells And, you know, it feels good that people are a little bit afraid of you. You kind of like that part, don't you? So now you're passive-aggressive and you're loving it. The third sign that you are on your way or you have arrived at being an unaccountable leader is that you have made the colleague to commodity shift. So they began as the team you'd take a bullet for But now they're the team you want to put a bullet in. Now, that's really harsh. (laughs) I get that. I can hear myself say it. That's kind of harsh. But it adequately conveys the point I'm trying to make. Somewhere along the missional journey of your organization, the people you work with have now become the people who work for you. They shifted in your mind from a colleague who embraced the, the mission and ran with you to someone who's now a commodity that does all the work for you. Number four is that you've become the lapping leader. And what I mean by that is that a while ago, you were a leader who once kept peace with your colleagues, but now you feel like you are lapping them, lapping them vocationally, lapping them emotionally, lapping them in terms of skills. So do you feel like you've outgrown your team? Do you feel like you've outgrown the people around you and they have no longer any more greatness in them to give you? You simply feel better than them, more equipped than them, more able than them, more knowledgeable than them. You're smarter than them. And the problem with this sign is that it's entirely possible that it is true it's entirely possible that there is a widening skills gap between you and the people around you and as such they have nothing to offer your current or future path but the way we respond to this reality and if we respond to this well with peace and with honor It will determine whether or not you will become an unaccountable leader and a pain to work for or not. You see, it's my own conviction that, you know, it's on you to develop those that you work with. Anyway, number five. So let's review the four and then let's hit the last one. So the success illusion, the master mood manipulator, you've made the colleague to commodity shift, you're the lapping leader, and then finally, you're in a world where no one says no, or anything else to you for that matter, because as far as those around you are concerned, it doesn't matter. You're just going to do it your way anyway. And so you've gotten yourself into a place where advice and input from others equals restriction. You see it as a way of slowing you down and getting in the way of all that God or your organization or whatever wants you to do. And since we've established that these people don't know as much as you anyway, what's the point of listening to them? Okay, is this you? Can you relate to this? Can you recall the last time at work anyone told you no? No. And maybe even as I'm saying this one, you know this sign, maybe you're relating to this. Maybe this was triggering something within you. So I want you to be really honest with me today. Can you relate to any of the five signs that you're becoming an unaccountable leader? And I guarantee you this, you're a pain to work for. Is any one or all of them or two or three of them, are, are any of these signs a current reality in your world? And so the next question has to be, well, is there anything that can be done to pause this journey, to pause you on this path? Well, let me give you four things, okay? Four little things that are really simple things that might just help you take stock, pull the brakes on this uh, kind of uh, path that you're on to unaccountability and uh, help you from a disaster in the wings. First of all, I want you to remember this, that it's not about you. Now, as humbling as it is to hear that, it is helpful to know that the organization you are working in, whether you're the principal leader, the department head, or you have other roles of influence, doesn't matter what you do, um, it's helpful to understand that the organization you're working in does not exist to build a platform for your greatness. My world is the church world. And I want to tell you this, that the church world is in no way exempt from successful leaders with burgeoning global profiles, forgetting that the church they helped start, the church they carried this heart and vision for, isn't on the planet for their glory. If anything, the role of the principal leader is to serve those they work with, finding ways to expand their significance, their reach, their gift, their anointing, as we say in church speak. And so it's not about you and that you need to grab hold of that today and allow the truth of that to bring peace and calm and perspective to your soul. Okay, it's not about you. You're part of something that's much bigger than you are okay and your organization does not exist to make you great the church exists to bring the glory of one and he does not share it okay number 2 you got to find some friends lots of leaders have no friends they have lots of acquaintances but no friends it's just true i meet leaders on a daily Definitely a weekly basis and it's always and I mean always 100% not 9 out of 10 not 8 out of 10 but 100% of the time they have no real deep honest kick your feet back have a pint with friends especially male leaders and they've got to that place because they've either been hurt betrayed just busy um, and maybe there's an unwillingness to be vulnerable and real with others So you take that combination, and leaders struggle to make friends. But I I wanna tell you this, you need to. And it's gonna be a challenge for the boys, but you need to do it because you need friends to help you not to take yourself so seriously to show you there are other things in the world, okay? And that you need to connect with those other things. Friends offer perspective. And the wonderful thing about a true friend is they aren't afraid to tell you to get a grip when you need to hear it. Because sometimes you can be a dose. Sometimes you can be a real misery to be around. Sometimes, you know, when we we're getting all selfish and unaccountable and ahead of ourselves, we just need some friends around us who love us, who know us better to say, hey, do you know what? You need to hear yourself right now. And And so who is that in your life? If you haven't got anyone like that in your life, we'll need to get it. Number three, similarly, you need to find yourself some peers. Now peers are not the same as friends. Peers can be friends, that definitely exists. I have peers who are close friends in my life, but they're a little bit different. Peers are people in your world, in your vocational world, but they're also at your level, all right? Iron sharpens iron, okay? But if you're an axe at work and your team are wood, all you will do is cut them into splinters, okay? You need to vocationally clash with others who are in a similar place to where you're at and even others who are slightly ahead of you. Because this will stimulate purpose. It will cause you to seek advice. It will encourage you to swap stories of where you're at. It'll cause you to grow, okay? And so sometimes, as we said earlier, an unaccountable leader feels they've outgrown, they've nowhere else to grow. Well, we need to find some peers, putting ourselves into peer groups. ...putting ourselves into places where we can be accountable in the end. And I tell you, when you do this, you're going to grow. You're going to settle. And you're going to bring your greatness back to the organisation to push its mission forward. And you'll discover too, that it's again, it's not about you. And then finally, it's I want to encourage, I want to put this out here. You've got to worship God. And, you know, look, I know there's some people that will listen to this that aren't religious at all. Many of you are, of course, but I want to put it out there. Worship, for me, does many things. I'm not going to give a theology breakdown of what worship is. But in the context of this conversation, worship, for me, restores the order. Worship reminds me that he is up there and I am down here. That he is grand and I'm not so much. Worship reminds me that I serve a God who is greater, is wiser, stronger, more gracious, more giving and loving than I could ever be. Worship reminds me that Jesus is all that and that Brian Somerville is not. Anyway, look, I just want to encourage you today, um, don't become an unaccountable leader. Let me give you the five signs that you're on your way. The success illusion. You're becoming trapped in your own story. You're the master mood manipulator. You know that you carry the climate of your organization and so one day you're passive, next day you're aggressive and you don't mind a bit. Number three, you've made the calling to commodity shift. The people you worked for and with in the early days are now getting on your nerves and they now work for you, and that's the only way you look at them. Now, number four, you're the lapping leader. You're outlapping, you're outpacing in terms of skill set the people you work with, and it's frustrating you. Why take their advice when you're so much better? Uh, and then finally, there's no one in your world that says no to you, and they don't say anything else to you anymore because what's the point? You will just do your own thing anyway. It's always a huge sign when your team stop giving you advice, when they stop bringing input. They, they they know you're going to do your own thing. That's a huge warning bell. So what do we do? We remind ourselves, not about us. We're going to find some friends. We're going to find some peers and we got to worship God. Look, thanks for listening uh, to this podcast. If you liked it and it's been helpful and you think it could be helpful to other people in your world, why don't you send them a link to it? What I'd love to do actually is to hear from you so if you would like to reach out on any of my social media accounts leave me a comment I'd love to hear if you have also any other signs or remedies to unaccountable leadership that you'd like to offer now I'd love to hear that my list is by no means exhaustive um, and so I'd love to get that conversation going with you in the meantime hey just lead where you're at lead well lead lead strong lead with vision lead with purpose And thanks for listening to this quadcast. And I hope to hear from you really soon.